Hey everybody, welcome. Issue 14 of the Amazing Spider Webcast. I'm Pete. This is where we talk about the Amazing Spider-Man, issue by issue. And today we're on issue 14, also known as the first appearance of the Green Goblin. And we have our trusty Marvel encyclopedia here, which always tells us how much these guys weigh and how tall they are. Um... <laughs> I like th occupation has become my favorite category because this is like occupation, criminal slash industrialist. <laughs> Pretty much the same thing, huh? Um, he's 5 feet 11 and 185. So I don't know. Average to muscular build. Now he's got a full two-page spread here, um, which is as much as the entire gods of Asgard, which I assume doesn't include Thor. Actually, I think he may even go on to the next page. Oh no, he doesn't. Then we have Gremlin, who is, by the way, four foot six and weighs two fifteen. Now see, again, we talked about this a little in the last episode, but I'm like, yeah, if you got a guy who's four six and two hundred and fifteen pounds, I'm interested in that. And he looks normal. Like he looks slim. And you're like, wait a minute. How? How does that happen? What's he made out of? Now I'm curious. Now there's something interesting. There's an interesting height-weight ratio here where you're not just like, I mean, Karen Page, average lady size. <laughs> you know, like, fine, I guess, normal. There's nothing significant about Karen Page's height or weight. So don't, just so just skip it. But when you have Gremlin, who's 215 pounds and four foot six. I don't know. It doesn't say in here why he's uh, why he weighs so much. He has a battle suit. Maybe when he has his battle suit on, he's two fifteen. Anyway, so we have our first appearance of him in Amazing Spider-Man number fourteen, July of nineteen sixty-four. My friends, um, great cover. A little busy, as these tend to be, and you know, wow! Just wait until you see the Green Goblin. And, you know, this seems like, uh, again, as we've seen in a lot of these issues, it's kind of like a lot of characters that were early on seem to have developed into something pretty cool um, over time. But at the time, you're like, man, they were just cranking out these villains. Sandman, Green Goblin, Electro. And then you're like, okay, Green Goblin, why not? They also have an appearance by the Hulk, which makes me think... I don't know if they had a lot of faith in this uh, Green Goblin thing, which maybe they shouldn't have. They're kind of like, let's throw the Hulk in here. Hey, we already got the green pen out. Let's just <laughs> go all the way. It's got this, you know, great splash page of Green Goblin throwing some kind of an explosive at Spider-Man. Only the Mary Marvel Madman could have dreamed him up. I miss, I like these splash pages. I wish comics had these. Because it's like a little, it's like a cover, and then you have, like, second cover. Here's how it happened. The gang at the bullpen said, let's give our fans the greatest 12 cents worth we can. <laughs> Not a phrase that ages well. Because you're like, all right, people are paying 12 cents for this comic book. Let's give them what for. <laughs> can we give them 12 cents worth of it? I would fucking hope so that you can give me 12 cents worth of entertainment, sir. Let's get a really different villain, a bunch of colorful henchmen for him, and let's even add a great guest star. So, we did. 
riddled with exclamation points. But that's fine. We, we start right off with him tinkering around in a cave, and we have no idea who he is. Um, and he's got his goblin suit, and then he's writing. So many of you who know the Green Goblin probably know his Goblin Glider, which is kind of like a half-moon-shaped thing with a goblin face on the front. It shoots rockets and shit, and he stands on it, kind of surfs on it, like uh, the kid from Tailspin. I guess, but more violent and it seems to have propulsion. So I guess I I was about to say it's more realistic, but that's pushing it. That's saying, you know, like, okay, in Tailspin, Tailspin proposed the theory that if you had a half moon shaped metal disc, you could kind of water ski surf through the skies. But then also if you fell out of an airplane, you could kind of glide your way to safety or something. I'm not really totally sure how that worked let's see tailspin glider thing what do you call that i'm gonna just google tailspin glider thing spin no that's not list of tailspin characters how do you recover from a tailspin apparently tailspin is enough of a forgotten thing that it's like no one cares (laughs) yeah kit cloud kicker He's a 12-year-old brown bear club. (laughs) Where does it say what his thing? Okay, he could cloud surf. His trademark in a blue and his ability to cloud surf. He's three feet, nine inches tall. Doesn't say how much he weighs, so who cares? That's what we want to know. We want to know how much they weigh. What a weird concept Tailspin was. It's like, what if we took the characters from the Jungle Book and put them in fucking airplanes? (laughs) Okay. There's also, it seemed like a big thing in Tailspin that they flew through this canyon all the time. And that was like, you know, some real tight flying and shit. But it was like, I mean, you're in an airplane. Can't you just fly above the canyon? Does the canyon walls extend into space? Because otherwise, I think you could just go above the canyon and then into whatever. The town they got to should have not been in a valley, you know, where the canyon opens up. It should have been in a cave. Because then it's like, all right, well, we got no choice but to fly through this canyon to get to the cave. But even then, it's like, well, we could fly through a very small portion of the canyon, couldn't we? Anyway, that's uh, that's for the amazing tail spin cast. You know, look for it on your podcast machines. But anyway, so the Green Goblins thing is not like Kit Cloud Kicker. What a ridiculous name. Luke Skywalker is a crazy name when you stop and think about it. Like, we've all just accepted it at this point, but then you're like, Skywalker. You had, okay, you had a guy named Anakin Skywalker, and then you're like, what should we name this guy? I don't know, how about Luke Skywalker? Also, did he not know his name was not, did he know, did he not know his last name was Skywalker? It seemed like he thought his name was Skywalker, which seems like it would make him much easier to find. You could have just given him a fake fucking name, right? I mean, Anakin Skywalker, and he's like, well, I'm going to look for my son. Surely they wouldn't be dumb enough to just keep that very recognizable last name, right? Oh, they totally did. Princess Leia did. She skipped her name, right? Princess Leia Organa? Organa? Go Organa. Kashi Golin. Okay. Anyway. Uh, Green Goblin's glider is not... 
<laughs> Green Goblin's gigantic glider of glory. I'm trying to be Marvel Comicsy of the 1960s. Um, doesn't look like a glider. It looks like it's supposed to look like a mechanical broomstick. So of course it kind of looks like a big penis, especially the way he rides it and holds it. You know, he straddles it. And I, I don't, I'm curious to see. We'll have to keep going because I don't know exactly when that design changed, but it had to be pretty quick. I'm sure somebody somewhere was like, okay, I'm digging this Green Goblin guy. Can we get rid of that big metal dick? Can we give him something else? I mean, it's weird. This is tough to make an iconic thing. Here's a suggestion I have for comic book makers, which I think still applies today. Um, I read somewhere that like the way to de design an iconic comic book character is put them in silhouette. And if you can recognize them in silhouette, they're iconic. So take um, Batman easily recognizable in silhouette makes it a great costume right um also i would say if you put the character in silhouette and it looks like they're doing something with a giant penis maybe change the design you know what i mean do something okay so anyway he rides a big metal dick and uh i don't know it's just it's pretty amazing because it's like this character made it but it's Panel number two, we have a guy with like green skin wearing little purple shorts and a long purple nightcap like it's the night before Christmas and green skin and green ears. And he's even got curly toed boots. He's riding a big metal dick and he has a purse. And it's like, this is the this will become Spider-Man's ultimate bad guy. And, you know, there's some debate in the community. I'm Dr. Octopus all the way. But, you know, Green Goblin, whatever. So we cut to a movie producer mansion. Um, and what's his name? BJ something. BJ Cosmos or some shit. Hold on. I wrote it down. BJ Cosmos. I was right. So we go to BJ Cosmos's mansion. He's wearing like a white suit with, you know, like an animal print shirt underneath and, you know, unbuttoned all the way down to the navel. Although he has a yellow shirt underneath, which I think was a mistake, or possibly some kind of a cravat or a dicky or whatever that thing is called. So Green Goblin comes riding in on his big metal dick and is like, I have an idea. What if I could get you the Enforcers and Spider-Man for your next movie? So first Green Goblin is like, I'll be your next star. And uh, BJ Cosmos, Blowjob Cosmos is like, why don't you go fuck yourself on your broom and get out of here? And then Green Goblin's like, okay, fine. How about I'll bring the Enforcers and Spider-Man? And he's like, now we're talking. Go get them. So this is fine, I guess. So Green Goblin goes and gets the fucking Enforcers, which, if you don't remember, is uh, Ox, who's a big guy, Montana, who's a cowboy, and Fancy Dan, who's a tiny uh, bootlegging-era guy who punches people. You would think... You know, you got the enforcers, right? Ox, Montana, Fancy Dan. Ox is obviously just a big, strong guy. Um, so that's whatever. You would think Montana, if you're like, my name's Montana. I work in Manhattan as a mob enforcer, and I lasso people and wear a cowboy hat. You'd be like, boy, I sure am eccentric. And then you meet a guy who looks like, you know, an early version of a short Waluigi who knows, like, kung fu or something. I don't even know what he's doing, but he's good at fighting. 
So Green Goblin tricks Spider-Man into going to BJ's office. And BJ's like, I'll give you $50,000 to star in a movie. And this being the 1960s, Spider-Man is like, fuck it. Sure. Now, let's convert. I'm going to convert this. Convert dollars through time. Inflation calculator. Okay. So, if in 1964, I purchased an item for $50,000, and then in 2018, the same item would cost... Okay, so he just offered him 407000 almost $408,000 to be in a movie. So, yes. You know what? I was going to give Spider-Man crap and be like... Don't you have, like, what happened to Great Responsibility? That was, like, a year ago. Remember that? And he's like, screw it. But you know what? For $408,000, I mean, I think I could be talked out of a lot of things. A lot of clothes I could be talked out of for that one. I mean, it's almost half a million dollars. And he's like, okay. So anyway, he shows up in the desert. There's a film crew there. Plus the enforcers are there. The real enforcers. Um, who Spider-Man thinks are fake. And, you know, the Green Goblin's there. They're all standing around holding scripts. And then they just start fighting. And so they basically start beating the shit out of Spider-Man until he's like, wait a second, what's going on? And he just beats the shit out of everybody. You know, he kicks the Enforcers' ass because he always kicks their ass. Then he, you know, the Green Goblin kind of escapes because he's like, eh, fuck it. Um, no, wait, I'm sorry. Spider-Man escapes into a cave and then the Green Goblin's looking for him and the Enforcers are looking for him. They go down and have a big cave fight. You know, they have a desert fight. I don't know why, because they're making the movie as the Spider-Man story and then they're like, okay, first scene out in the desert. That makes sense. We'll have a big fight out in the desert and it's like, well, shouldn't you have it in like an office? I mean, or a warehouse? Spider-Man... The Spider-Man story, if it was like a real movie you were making because Spider-Man was real, very easy to accommodate because it's like, I mean, half the time he's just having his fights in a fucking abandoned warehouse down by a dock. That should not be a difficult location to get for your film set. Worst case scenario, you have to film it in the desert. Can't you at least get like one of those portable buildings and put down a fake floor or something? For God's sake. But then they're in a cave. And I assume no one's filming at this point. I assume the film crew is standing around like, what the fuck just happened? Um, those guys just like beat up Spider-Man and he vanished. And then they chased him into a hole. <laughs> so they have a cave fight. And for some reason, the Hulk is like, was hiding out in this cave. I guess in the deserts, you know, wherever. I guess that seems like Hulk seems to go to the desert a lot. He seems to be a desert guy. He's like fucking Mark Marin, I guess. Likes hanging out in the desert. Hulk tries to beat the shit out of Spider-Man. Spider-Man comes up with the genius plan of letting Hulk swing at him and letting Hulk's fist just barely graze him and then flying backwards like he's been destroyed. And that tricks Hulk into then smashing a boulder so that he can escape the cave. Green Goblin shows up, flies around. Spider-Man is like holding on to his giant metal dick. And then finally, Green Goblin loses Spider-Man, drops him into a puddle of water. And is like, well, that should take care of him, you know, because he fell in water. And the Green Goblin is like, all taken care of. Nothing left to do now but fly away immediately rather than making sure he's dead. 
Now, Spider-Man's under the water. And apparently, you know, new spider power alert. Dee, 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 He can hold his breath longer than, he's got longer, quote unquote, stamina than a normal man. So apparently, spiders can fuck like crazy because they've got good stamina. Um, he emerges, follows the Hulk outside, beats the shit out of everybody. Then we cut back to BJ Cosmos's house. And he's like, wait, what? What happened? What the fuck? This, is, this should have been my favorite scene because it should have been like, if this was a movie, this would make a fantastic short Spider-Man movie because then it cuts back to that and it's film of this fight happening. Then there's a bunch of smoke. Then they're all gone. Then, you know, Spider-Man comes out of a cave and this film producer is like, what the fuck happened? But they're like, the Hulk is there. And BJ is like, the Hulk sign him on a contract. And they're like, how are we supposed to do that? And he's like, Oh fuck it. Who cares? Just sign him up. And you know, then that's pretty much the end of it. Oh, and Spider-Man does not get $400,000. He's like, we'll pay you for your expenses. But since you didn't finish the movie, fuck you. And then green goblin takes off his clothes. He's conveniently hidden by a safe wall. So you can't see his face. You know, it's like, Oh, okay. A little bit of a Scooby-Doo problem, because we really don't have that many characters as of issue 13 in Spider-Man, so it's like, I mean, how many people could this really be? But they all kind of, you know, body-wise look the same if they're male and female all kind of look the same, so you're like, well, it's a guy. So obviously it's a guy. I'm going to use my detective skills and try and figure out who this is. And that's basically it. So that's issue number 14. Solid. Solid issue. Um, very crazy. Once again, we have an issue of Amazing Spider-Man that early on makes it makes you wonder how how Spider-Man achieved what it did eventually, and how it got you know really good, and how some things stayed and some things went. Right? It's just weird. It's hard to know. It's a real roll of the dice. But I, I appreciate Marvel. I appreciate Stan Lee and Steve Ditko for just like. Let's just throw some shit at the wall and see what sticks. Let's web some shit to the wall and see what sticks, huh? All right. We'll see you next time. He climbs a tree just like a vine. Look out. Here comes the Spider-Man.